I'm Justine Harcourt-Deville, and I am sitting with Siki Chen, who is the president and chief uh, product officer of Sandbox VR. Welcome. Thanks, Justine. It's great to be on the show, and uh, it's great to meet you. Well, it's nice to meet you. Listen, Sandbox VR has been in the news with some pretty amazing headlines. You want to tell us what recently happened for you guys? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the most recent major announcement we had is uh, we announced a fairly major round from Andreessen Horowitz. That's just not a, a nobody name. <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, That's some pretty I, big, I, strong I credentials. They're okay, investors. <laughs> they're fine. Um, yeah, we're real, very, very fortunate to have uh, them involved. Andrew Chen is on our board. Uh, Mark and Andreessen himself is an observer. Um, yeah, and uh, we announced $68 million, uh, which is, I think, the largest amount of fundraising that's uh, been into VR since the original Oculus company. Congratulations. That's exciting for us all. Yes. Yeah, that does something for the space. Now, for those of us who don't know what Sandbox does, would you like to share what Sandbox VR is making or what, what brought you to this medium? Yeah. So the mission of our company is to bring the holodeck to every neighborhood <laughs> in the world. Um, and uh, the way we do that is we combine motion capture technology in real time with multiple users in the same space uh, with virtual reality technology. And as a result, when you walk in to one of our retail locations, uh, you transform completely into a different character from head to toe. And you and that of your friends. So you can high five each other, shake each other's hand, run, walk, crouch, jump in a virtual environment with virtual bodies, and it works completely seamlessly. Um, today, we build our own content. We have three experiences live. Um, we have we're in four countries with 12, 12 different locations, and uh, we're building a lot more this year in the U.S. and a lot more content as well. So you have four coming up in construction right now. Where are they in the United States? Uh, so we are going to be in Chicago, Austin, New York, L.A., actually two in L.A., um, Orlando as well, San Francisco, another one in the Bay Area. So quite a few places. So it's about a dozen in total this year. Well, that's a good start. You know, that's, that's going to get start. people into it. And, and basically, from what I gather, you're kind of creating this sci-fi experience. How did the, you know, like replicating what we grew up with in TV and you're bringing in that to real life in 2019, 2020. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah. Um, well, so... You know, our founder and CEO, Steve, when he started a company, he uh, tried all of the other VR experiences um, that you could get at home. And, you know, I, I personally was a big VR super fan. And so he actually went to my house and tried the very first development kit for the Rift. And I was like <laughs> so impressed by it. It was so fun. And it just wasn't what he was expecting. You know, when people, before the Rift came out, when people imagined virtual reality, the image of your head in your head was, the Star Trek holodeck, right? You walk into a room, you can become anyone, you're in this completely different environment, it's free roam. And the way we like to describe VR as we know it today at home is you're a disembodied head holding two floating controllers, tethered to a computer, sitting in a chair by yourself at home alone. That is just not a good look. <laughs> no. And so, you know, there's a lot of angst, you know, me included around like, why has VR not penetrated? And as a VR super fan myself, I've owned every piece of hardware since the DK1. Well, it's all fun for a few days, but it's just not quite good enough. It's not what we were promised. But it's getting there. And, yes. and Sandbox VR is helping make that happen. So how, what, how are you doing other than the yeah. motion capture? What is the first pain point that you're, you're fixing right now? Yeah, well, 
The biggest thing is it has to be free roam, it has to be social. Um, but the number one differentiator is really about embodiment. Oh. Having a virtual body, right? So the limitations of what we can do at home results in this, this floating head and two floating controllers because that's all you can really track at home. That's mm -hmm. a state of art technology today. And um, over the long run, you still need a decent amount of space, a few hundred square feet to really have a decent free room experience. Otherwise, you're limited to basically seated experiences. Um, and so those are the two constraints. One is we have our own store, so you have an open space. But two is by combining motion capture technology, we make our experiences more about who you get to be rather than just the environment around you. Okay, and, and, and you're more complete, I would say. Yes. Yes, okay. yes you look down from head to toe. You have a body, legs, feet, arms that you can identify with. But even more importantly, your friends are also in the space and you can see them. And so you can walk up to them in their strange new body and you can actually physically interact with them. And that, you know, it's hard to describe how big of a difference that makes unless you go to one of our experiences and try it, but it's enormous. It's, you know, it's the difference between uh, a video game and the holodeck. And we think that experience is basically version 0.1 of the future holodeck. Oh, cool. Well. In this kind of new LBE environment, which is advancing, um, you know, consumer adoption, what's happening for you guys with story and narrative? Yeah. So, you know, our first experience um, had extremely minimal story, right? Um, it's called Deadwood Mansion. It is a 30 minute long zombie wave shooter. <laughs> I think did you hit all of the all of the notes yeah. of of successful like games in in the past? You know, shooters, zombies. It has zombies. What else? What else? Right. Is there a car chase, perhaps? Uh, yeah, we might be doing that. But but you know, like the reason why we did that is because uh, the company had absolutely no money, right? Okay. And so, with less than a million dollars, and most of it is from our founder, uh, he and his team launched the very first uh, sandbox location in Hong Kong. And all the technology, all of the content, and the retail store was done by a team of six. Okay. Um, and so when I went to Hong Kong, I was not expecting much as an investor. Um, and I tried it, and it wasn't just good. I did, it was so good, I didn't even know it was technologically even possible to have an experience like that. So you were blown away. I was. I mean, I was working for Postmates at a time, which was like a delivery company in the U.S., uh, you know, they announced we we're going to IPO. We were going to IPO, and I quit my job the same day. And wow. I said to Steve, I want to move to Hong Kong and work for you. Um, and that's actually the first time in my career where a company didn't have to acquire one of my companies to get me <laughs> to join. Um, I was just that blown away. Um, yeah, so, you know, going back to your question about narrative, I think, you know, with a budget of $30,000, which is uh, what the first experience is, it's really, really difficult to get a lot of high production values and great narrative in. Sure. And the team did, like, the best they could. But, you know, the way, where we are with content of VR today is the, the early 20th century, when the first black and white films came out. There was the silent. <laughs> silent, black and white silent films, right? Yeah. And there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of narrative complexity compared to Pride and Prejudice, right? <laughs> but the, 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 uh, the interestingness was in the novelty of the format. Right. But as uh, the medium has developed and as the number of screens that exist in the world proliferates, the increase in investment in technology and in content and our narrative quality goes up. And that's how we see it evolving, even within just our own little company. 
right? Like our investment in the next few pieces of content is dramatically different from the $30,000 we spent on our first piece of content. Um, we're ready, not ready to announce it, but we're actually working with um, one of the largest, most recognized franchises in the world on the big free roam piece of content. And it's gonna be the first free roam experience for that franchise. I'm really excited about it. It's coming out this year. Okay, are, are we talking after summer or? Yeah, after summer, this fall. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to it. I love it when things are, you know, dangling like. <laughs> yeah. It should be happening in the next month or shiny, so. Shiny things to be thinking about. Okay. So next month we should hear, hear some pretty exciting yes, things. Definitely. What's your experience like been at CanXR? What have you learned or what have you heard that's either excited you or you're worried about or learned? Yeah. I mean, there is so much passion in the medium. I think that's my big takeaway. Just have so many great creators in one space. Um, who know it's early, who know there isn't necessarily a business today, but still want to pour their life and their time into this medium is enormously exciting. Yeah. Because we're just like that. Yeah, it is. I have to say, I, our, our booth has been like across the hall. And so I can see, you know, in a stone's throw, Antoine Carroll from Atlas Five, And it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're so close. You know, you can literally touch yeah. them. So it's a different reality. It's and a group <laughs> of true believers yeah. in here. It's, it's, it's really inspiring. It is. And um, what else is on the agenda besides opening some stores? Have you seen anything new and different trend wise as you're doing these rollouts? How's it been like working with them? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be in some retail locations. Yeah. What's it been liking working with the real estate or the facilities or whoever yeah. you're negotiating with? It's actually been really positive. Um, and so, you know, w when we look at our data, we know that 90 percent of our guests uh, pre-book ahead of time. Okay. And uh, we ask guests like, when was the last time you've been to a particular shopping center, uh -huh. right? Which is, um, we have one in the U.S. that we currently own today. And about 80% have never been to the shopping center in like the what? last five years. And about half have never been there. And so when we show data like that to uh, retail partners, like we actually, in our, for example, in our um, California location. We actually pay no rent. Well, the, yeah, you must be like, <laughs> you're, you're a gift. Well, it's, uh, if you look, if you go to um, retail in China, if you go to any shopping center in China, that is what the future of retail looks, is going to look like everywhere, especially in the United States. I don't think retail is dead as everyone thinks it is, but it's evolving the way, and China has sort of skipped a generation. So, you know, shopping malls in China look like entertainment centers. They have like one floor of retail on the first floor. And if it's a six story mall, all the other stories are purely services entertainment. Wow. So you have daycare, you have a skating rink, you have a fencing thing, you have a place where your kids can go and bake a cake. You have like multiple arcades um, you, and you have a ton of restaurants. That's like what 80% of retail in China is. Um, like and these real destinations. Yeah. Like they're. Yeah. It's, it's a theme park. Where yeah, you I was going to say, it a, sounds like Disneyland. Yeah, it you is. Know? Wow. It is. And that's what drives traffic to the retail locations. And uh, that's going to be the future. I see that. And uh, in the U.S., we're just a little behind because, you know, like the, the advantage of a country like China that has been behind for so long is that you skip entire generations of platforms or technologies, right? Like the desktop generation was entirely skipped in China and everyone's on mobile and China's far ahead of everyone else on mobile now. And if the same thing as retail. China didn't have malls before. 
And so now they have malls, they know they can build it what the, uh, in, in what the next generation was always supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can understand. I mean, their malls were so important in the 1980s. Yes. And so critical to the, you know, the, the yeah. youth culture. And I can imagine as people grow up, you know, they don't want to give it up. But it sounds like, yeah. the, you know... The next generation, you know, the millennials, God bless them, but they really chose for yeah. the Amazon world. Yeah, and the retail landlords, they all, I mean, they're all yeah. smart people. They all know this. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so it's really great timing for the things that we were trying to do. Good. And, you know, free rent so you can develop and, and continue to grow the VR audience is Not very good. Not all free, but yeah, we're <laughs> getting some free. good Close deals. Close to freer. Yeah. <laughs> good deals are good. Yeah, the closest, the closer we get to free, the better. <laughs> Well, I think we could all say that as creators and makers, the closer to, to free <laughs> that yeah. it becomes to make stuff. What are some things you're um, you're seeing with p narrative makers that are coming up to you? Do you talk to them? Are you talking about platform opportunities or what's the conversation like between creators and Sandbox VR? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just about distribution, right? Okay. You know, people are investing their time and in some cases a good amount of money into this content like, how do we make a living, right? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we don't have an answer to that today. We'll have an answer, but it's not a... We don't have the capability today, right? It's like, you know, again, going back 100 years, if there's like a few screens out in the world, nobody is going to be making money, right? And so, you know, if we have a platform and a product and a business that inherently has strong demand, then we're able to open more screens aggressively around so the So you're world. kind of like an, you know, an architect helping to design the infrastructure for people behind, to come behind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the key is scale, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, when we do the math on our platform, our, our model is selling tickets today. And we have other bit revenue streams coming, but fundamentally that's what it is today. And so if we had 100 rooms out in the world, then as a developer with our standard revenue share, you could legitimately make more money than if you had a number one best-selling game on Steam. Wow. And so it's not that many, right? There's, there's like uh, 40,000 movie screens around the world, each holding, you know, hundreds of people. You know, we, 100 screens with six people is actually not that many. But over the course of a year, that's, that's how the numbers pan out. And so, you know, it's our mission to open thousands of these, right? And so at scale... Um, you know, at that crossing point where someone can actually make a reasonable living off of a, any platform, you know, that's what we're trying to get to as soon as we can. And that involves opening a lot of locations. Well, this is really exciting. So is there anything you want to tell? I mean, any, any advice that you have to other people that are fanatics like you are or VR lovers? And Yeah. I mean, this is a long game. Okay. Right? Stay in it. <laughs> Stay in it. I mean, you know, like you, you talk to people in the early days of movies in 1905. It feels weird. No one really believes in it. People don't know if it's a thing. And, you know, in the 10 to 20 year horizon, it's the golden age of Hollywood. And I think that's going to happen. Well, this perfect place to end on. Again, congratulations on your big investment and what you're doing to, to move the industry forward. And we look forward to seeing great things. Thank you. <laughs>